Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning. Come on in. Pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller, and we are excited to have you with us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Cameron Clutters, our faithful barista, and today in the cafe, we're going to talk about obedience with our friends, Brother Michael Hurley and Daniel Boyden Jr. Also today, the nation remembers Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Dave. How you doing? Quite well. Shall we pray? Let's do it. (laughs) In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you for all the ways that you are sustaining us and blessing us. In particular, for all those blessings that we do not see, we thank you for them. Lord, we ask that you give us minds and hearts attuned to you, to love and know you more to rejoice in you, to turn to you in all things. And to to love and honor your mother as well, that she would help us draw closer to you each and every day. And we offer this prayer through the arms of Mary in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Cold enough for you? slightly horrible (laughs) but doing good yeah (laughs) you know i'm watching the weather now in north dakota Mm -hmm. saturday oh i'm sure it's a lot worse minus 50 wind chill (laughs) minus 50 oh how's your daughter doing she was indoors a lot yeah i bet (laughs) (laughs) no that's yeah it's not the cold it's the lack of humidity Mm. okay yeah no in the summer you say it's not the heat it's the humidity Mm, mm -hmm. Just a little spin on that for you uh, weather fans. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So you had a good weekend? I did. Yeah. One of the highlights was uh, YCP, uh, Young Catholic Professionals, had a wine tasting From which I'm banned. (laughs) I'm aged out. But go on. I wouldn't say banned. But yeah, so it was at the cathedral in the basement, which is just a real beautiful kind of rustic environment. It seemed very fitting for a wine tasting. And we all sat at tables and each per- we, we did a blind tasting. And mm-hmm. so you rated which one you liked the best. And the winner of the table got to take a couple home, a home couple of bottles and then second place and third place. Nice. Good turnout. Yeah, it was an excellent turnout. There was quite quite a number there actually so very nice mm-hmm. and you gave uh, a short presentation on the on the cafe that's right i gave a little update because last year bill Masterly, the director of saint gabriel radio was actually there to let people know that we were going to be starting the morning show mm-hmm. and so very fittingly i got to be there this time and say we're already about five months in and here's how it's going and just asked also for some feedback of uh, what would you all like to hear and do you know of any faithful stories in the diocese that we could share and give testimony and just be uplifted so it was a great opportunity to just give an update and uh, 
connect with the community. Nice. And Michelle and Joe were there, right, uh, representing the women's and the men's conferences. That's right. They also gave a little a promo, inviting everyone. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you have these dates memorized yet? The women's conference on Saturday, February seventeenth, at the Ohio Expo Center, Kasich Hall. Great lineup of speakers. And then the following Saturday, the twenty fourth. The Men's Conference, uh, the Eucharist, Go Deeper, is the theme this year. That's uh, Saturday, February 24th, also at Case of Call at the Ohio Expo Center. You can register for both conferences by going to stgabrielradio.com. So, yeah, busy season, busy season. I'm just so grateful to be indoors and to have a, a job that allows me to be warm. So Yeah. <laughs> pray, pray for all those uh Folks that are both laboring outdoors today, as, as well as those uh, because of their uh, situation, they don't have a home. Mm-hmm. So pray for them in a special way to uh, to find a place to go. So great readings today, uh, and our theme with Mister Boyden and Brother Michael will be um, on obedience. And the first reading in particular is from First Samuel. Uh, chapter 15, verses 16 through 23. What do you guys want to read it? Sure. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop. I will tell you what the Lord said to me this night. And he said to him, Say on. And Samuel said, Though you are little in your own eyes, you are not the head of the tribes of Israel. The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go, utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? And Samuel said, and Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the best of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as such great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obedience to the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of divination, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. A lot there. Yeah. A lot there. Um, I think the passage that really stood out, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. So what the, what the passage is saying there that um, the Lord prefers obedience over sacrifice Mm -hmm. right not that sacrifice is bad i mean it's not saying that it's just 
he prefers obedience over sacrifice. And we're going to break this open uh, with our guests this morning. But uh, what stood out to you guys? I think um, Saul, and we we probably all do this in our life uh, when we justify our our actions, um, and and he says, "I did I did obey the Lord." So he's he's kind of denying what Samuel is saying, and then. Uh, almost like in the in the garden, he says the people did this. You know, the people took the spoils, mm-hmm. and he's it. Lo- it looks to me like he's, you know, trying to shed the guilt out on the people and 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 proclaim that he did obey the Lord when obviously that's not what mm-hmm. Samuel was saying. I think we 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 all do that when we're looking at our situation and how we have not maybe responded to the will of God accordingly we we justify immediately we start justifying why we did what we did um, and it's good to think about why we did what we did but maybe not yeah it, it, that, that those justifications certainly don't excuse us that is Dan Boyden yeah hey Dan how you doing <laughs> good thanks for being with us what do you have Amanda what I was struck by was stubbornness is an iniquity and idolatry so like what what i received from that is is basically stubbornness is is a form of idolatry it's this this idea of um self-reliance such pride that yeah and i I don't really know why that stuck out to me in in that uh, just kind of to examine just maybe all the ways that might not be obedient to the Lord. Mm-hmm. How about well, you, Dave? Well, what came to mind also, you know, we're less than a month away now from Ash Wednesday mm. and the uh, the prayer, the sacrifice, or the fasting and, and almsgiving. I haven't really brought to the Lord what he wants me to do in terms of fasting, at least the last few years. I mean, my go-to has been giving up coffee. Yeah, that's crazy. It is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it, it's what I want to do. And, and I think I'm not even asking the Lord about it. I know it's a sacrifice for me. And it, I guess in the letter of the law, so to speak, it it's a good thing. But I'm putting that above what the Lord may want me to do. And I think all of us now have this opportunity for the next month to to bring to the Lord. What 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 do you want from me mm-hmm. this Lent? Ask the question and get ready for the answer and then be obedient. Mm-hmm. How, how do you approach Lent? No, I, I think that's a very good point, Dave. The, because I think Lent so often can just maybe creep up on us and, uh, and oh, I then maybe default to whatever I did last year or just something that you like. And I, I really appreciate that you brought out, no, we, we should be asking first and foremost the Lord because he'll be able to real, reveal to us that thing that he knows mm-hmm. that needs to be rooted out of our hearts and... 
so myself, I, I do try to do maybe a combination of, okay, what, how have I seen in my own life ways that I can improve? And then taking that to the Lord and just saying, do you see these things too? Is this, what, what do you want to highlight here? Mm-hmm. So. Morning, Cam. Good morning. I think it's also, especially that line just sits with me of to obey is greater than sacrifice. And recognizing that it's not just, maybe this is something that, that the guys at the table can relate to. People often say guys are more competitive in that kind of way where it's like, ah, oh, man, I'm just going to do the hardest thing for me this <laughs> Lent, right? Maybe maybe that's giving up coffee, Dave. Um, or or maybe, I remember a couple of years ago, I gave up potatoes for Lent because I was like, I want to do something really hard. And and it was actually really hard. And you might think to yourself, oh, Cam, <laughs> potatoes. potatoes, that's not yeah. hard. But you don't realize how All many styles things. or just... Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. You don't realize how, how much as a... Irish Catholic, you're reliant on <laughs> eating potatoes as a, as a regular part of your diet. Um, but I remember getting like halfway through that line and then just being like, wait, what is the whole point of this? Is the point to prove to myself I can do something hard for 40 days? Well, I don't need Lent to do that, you know? And so coming back to that scripture passage of that to obey is, is greater than sacrifice, I think for me going into Lent and, and just into different seasons in general, you know, going into Advent or even coming back into ordinary time right now too of of being able to sit in prayer with the Lord and, and say, okay, Lord, what what is your heart for this season? What is your, what's on your mind, Lord? What what do you want? And recognizing that like sometimes that might look a little different than what I want in the sense of like I might be expecting to fast when the Lord says, no, right now is actually time to rest. Or I might be expecting to um, really dive deep into scripture and the Lord might say, hey, right now is actually a time to sit with the catechism. And, and being able to not form my own plan around me, but around what the Lord wants. Uh, growing up in youth ministry, I remember my youth minister always used to use the analogy of a car. And he said, who's driving your car? Um is it you driving your car? Is it, are, are you the one in the driver's seat who gets to decide like, you know, what, what lane you're in and what part of the highway you're on or what exit you get off of, or is the Lord in the driver's seat? Um, and that's, that's kind of stuck with me with that and, and recognizing that like I can give the power to the Lord to direct those seasons and to direct those sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a it's a really good point, Cam. I th- I think of it just just in terms of like my own natural life. There's there's a couple things that I would like to do this year, and I've been getting very excited about it. And you know, maybe like a trip that I want to take and who I should invite. And I've been diving into all this planning, and then I had this realization of the other lo- day. Lord, did I ask you if I I should even be doing this? <laughs> and and so it took me. Uh, oh. I shouldn't be getting excited and inviting everyone unless the Lord goes before me first. Um, and so that was a realization. And I, I had a friend the other day. She used that that very same term of, Lord, I don't want to go unless you go before me. And and I want to bring that really into any part of my life, even if it is a fun trip with my friends. Oh, wait, Lord, is this, a, is this something you're calling me to? Are you going to go before me and be in this as mm-hmm. well? So... Fantastic. 
one of the things that came to me in prayer this morning, and I think we've probably all heard the term blind obedience. Mm. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about that term? Because my, my first reaction to blind obedience was as completely negative. And then Amanda, you shared something with me um, on blind obedience, which really has shifted my perspective. So why don't we talk about that when we come back? You're listening to St. Gabriel Cafe. We'll be right back. O good Jesus, you are the Most High God, everlasting and always living. You have shown us the way to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. We implore thy most sacred heart to have mercy on us in this time of need. Bless and protect the vulnerable. Give hope to all and fill our hearts with confidence in your divine mercy. Be our joy in the midst of suffering and our stability in the midst of uncertainty. Your forgiveness we seek, your love we need. Your protection we implore. Forgive our sins and heal our wounds. Strengthen any weakness of faith and make us strong so as to give witness to your glory. Keep far from us any illness, pestilence, or harm. You are our refuge. You are our comfort. You are our hope. Through the intercession of Our Lady, health of the sick, we come to your most sacred heart and beseech your protection and blessing. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. Do you have a minute for a gift? Each of us were made as a gift and to be a gift. We become a gift when we give ourselves to others. In baptism, we receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit to draw us closer to God and to help us live virtuously. The Holy Spirit's gift of piety inclines us as children of God to have devotion and honor to God as our Father. It perfects the virtue of justice as we give what is due to God and our neighbor. God's spirit of piety moves us to respond to God as our Father, who gives us supernatural life. This gift leads us to see the world as our Father's work and our neighbors as God's children. Let us ask for the gift of piety, that we may have the grace to live virtuously. God's spirit makes us free. Let us ask for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let us live in the freedom that Jesus gives and become a gift of self for others. I am Lori Crock, and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. Variations of the word strength appear hundreds of times in sacred scripture. References to God's strength can move us to deep prayer and reflection, help us to feel safe in troubled times, and encourage us to rely on God's strength in all situations. From Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. The type of strength that I teach at my gym is physical strength, which is fleeting. This is a reminder that the essential and perishable strength that we seek in our lives comes from our relationship with the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. From Philippians 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. Dearest Jesus, Help me to see that in my weakness I am made strong when I rely on your strength alone. 
Amen. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Worsborn. We're with Dan Boyden, Jr. here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. Dan, good morning. Good morning. For our friends that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm Dan and from Lancaster, Ohio, born and raised and uh, father of 10 children, uh, husband of Jody, Mm -hmm. and uh, happy, happy Catholic man, obviously. Even yeah. though you, you guys would have people that weren't Catholic on here. Um, maybe you have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People that aren't happy, too. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy most of the time when I get what I want, you know. Um, but no, yeah, life is good. And in, I'm, in these days of ordinary time, you said we're busy again. I, I'm like, wait, I thought we we're going to, we're in ordinary time. We can not not ramp up for Lent already. We just got through Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, okay. but we're going to start thinking about Lent. We, we do. Yeah. I always think about last minute. The night before Ash Wednesday, we start cranking out our ideas. Mm-hmm. I should probably spend a little more time in prayer on that. Last week, I discovered that there's a thing called Blue Monday, and I think it actually may be today mm-hmm. that is like the saddest day of the year. And it's that kind of letdown from, you know, the Christmas season, from the holidays, and then you're kind of stuck in the grayness of winter. Okay, wait, who's decided this is the saddest day of the year? Where did this come the from? Same, the same people that bring us the National Day of Pancakes. <laughs> I don't know. Blue Monday <laughs> is the name given to a day in January said by a UK travel company, Sky Travel, to be the most depressing day of the year. The concept was first published in a 2005 press release from the company, which claimed to have calculated the date using an equation. Cite Wikipedia. I object. <laughs> yeah. Of course, so it's a I. travel agency. Yeah, right. of course. But. Maybe they're trying to get, oh, it's going to be sad. Go travel and do something fun. Mm-hmm. I have no idea, yeah. but. Book a flight to Columbus. I object. I am going to make today a great day. Well, and I, th- I think that's what kind of pulled me out of my funk some last week was. Your rebellion against this day. (laughs) (laughs) You know me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, it's really entering into the the seasons, the liturgy that the church gives us and and really being focused on not all the externals and, you know, the fact that though the days are getting a little bit longer now, but I mean, you know, just getting caught up in the yuck of winter and the cold and the darkness but really entering into the present moment and see what the what the lord has for me today and um and have that trust and that obedience to follow where where he wants to lead me that's always an adventure i mean there really is nothing blah about that Mm -hmm. sometimes we're going to go where i don't necessarily want to go but it is always an adventure Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed, Dan? Yeah, I do. I, I, I just, when when the morning comes sometimes and it's like, whoa, how do I go at this day with a with a great vigor? And it, and it seems like it might be a struggle, just a little cream and sugar in the coffee. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I equate that with celebration, feasting a mm-hmm. little bit. So and as long as I don't get into the habit of doing that every morning. So this, then it makes it special yeah, when so, you do. So maybe for Lent, it'll just be all straight black. What a sacrifice. <laughs> Ask the Lord if you, if you should give up coffee altogether. Oh, come on. 
You know, some people are really advised not to do that. Yeah, if the it, if the rest of the world is affected in a negative exactly. way by your sacrifice, then I, I don't know that the Lord wants you to do that. But I, I'm 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 justifying that. That comes really close to my situation, giving up coffee and right. those around me suffer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pray about that. Dave. Maybe we can do that together. We'll see what the Lord wants. Jody is right now saying, "Do don't, not even don't think do about it. it. <laughs> don't do it." I had mentioned uh, a few minutes ago the the phrase that came right to me when um, I was praying over obedience was blind obedience. Mm-hmm. I think you know sometimes we may be accused by non Christians of uh, just blindly following mm. and having a weakness in that. You know, you can't think for yourself. So what you're doing is just submitting yourself to to blindly go after what you're told, you know, either by the church or, you know, you know, a Christ, a a Lord, a God that they don't believe in. And and it, and it's blind obedience is a weakness. You can't think for yourself. So you're just blindly going where people tell you to go. Yeah. Like this idea of, to do it without question or without understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without understanding. Mm. And that's where you had this, um, um, little sheet, Amanda, that really turned blind obedience into a positive. And I, I, th- I thought it was really insightful. First of all, because it, it, it talks about, um, Mary, well, yeah, about the Blessed Mother. Just for context, this is a a little packet of virtues of the Blessed Virgin Mary that I got at a retreat. And so every hmm. once in a while, I'll pull it out. And so this seemed fitting today for obedience. And part, part of that little paper there on obedience really gets to the heart of, well, it's because of she was able to make her fiat almost without question in a way because she she already knew the authority of God. She already had trust in him. She had a relationship with him. And even if she didn't have everything figured out of how it's going to work and what's it going to look like and how am I going to do this? And, um, and I do, you know, I don't know, man, and all those things. She was still able to say her yes, because she's able to trust in the goodness of God. She first and foremost had the realization of his goodness, the not just the realization, but an intimate relationship with his goodness and his providence and mercy and all the great aspects of God. And that's not without understanding. Maybe she didn't understand the particulars, but she understood who he was. The understanding, and it completely came out of trust. I mean, she was willing to put her hand into his hand and, and, and be led because she knew him and she trusted him. And that, that's where it's not the blind leading the blind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's, we're, we're putting our hand into the hand of, um, he who knows everything and only has our best, you know, intentions in, or best in mind. Mm-hmm. So. And, and in a way that, of course, that's someone I want to trust blindly quote, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, yeah, I can't see everything. And yet he does, and I can trust that he'll lead me. But it comes out of an understanding. And, and that came out in the passage from Samuel also. Mm-hmm. You know, Saul knew 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, he he knew he knew the directions. He knew what he was supposed to do. But it was disobedience that got him into trouble. And he did most of what was asked. Mm-hmm. Um but then then took some for himself even in the uh oh in the in the office this morning. Uh I can't remember what the the reading was where it was from. Um but they talked about exactly that the the statutes that Moses was given to give to the people, um, and they were exact these exact things, and it was all about obedience, um, down to the the nitty gritty, and because Saul did do did do most of what was asked of him, but not 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 exactly what was asked of him. Dan Boyden Jr. here in the cafe with us this morning. We're talking about obedience. And Dan, I think I'm going to hit on one of your favorites here. St. Joseph. I knew I, I was looking at the notes <laughs> and I don't see him anywhere. I see Jesus obedient to Mary and Joseph. I see this this beautiful lady and her her obedience. But then talk about blind obedience. This guy in the dreams, right? Um, and who has a dream? And he's like, oh my gosh, I got to get up and start a new company or do this or that or the other. You know, it's like, how, how much, you know, do we put into our dreams or take from our dreams? Hopefully not a bunch or we'd be sometimes a little crazy because their dreams are strange. But this guy, so I think that that probably had a lot more dreams than, than that's how the Lord spoke to him. And probably all throughout his life was receiving the word of God through dreams so that he could wake up from a dream and literally pack up and head head off to Egypt um not blind again and, and that come in Mary uh not blind I don't think at all that would have been from a very young age from their parents um them ultimately and first and foremost trusting their parents that blind faith that we talked about I think goes right in with with blind obedience and it's a positive thing um we have a very intangible you know mysterious God that doesn't come and speak to everyone. Um, and, and maybe you go through your whole life living a very faithful life and never physically hear God speak to you. So he so beautifully incarnates himself in so many different ways so that we can, we can see tangibly that, that he's real and good. And we see that first and foremost in our childhood in our, in our parents and the love they have for one another. Mm -hmm. And Mary and Joseph would have seen that from a, early age and then and you trust you trust your parents therefore you trust what they say and uh, then eventually you can trust god because their love is supposed to look like that trinitarian love so yeah it, it's a growing and understanding the great mysteries and that happens you know in the home life dan boyden jr here in the cafe with us we're talking about obedience as a child were any of you ever told to show me don't tell me have you ever heard that (laughs) dave i get the suspicion that you have (laughs) probably more than once yeah 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 dan yeah you're an obedient kid yeah i was i was probably (laughs) obedient except for when i wasn't um but yeah it was like if you truly you know if you truly love me or you truly this or that, then you would show me. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, actions obviously speak louder than words. Well, and that's a, with St. Joseph. He said nothing right. in, in, in Scripture. But every action that's recorded in Scripture shows obedience. Mm-hmm. And 
and, and there are other passages in scripture too about you know words not or deeds not following words you know who who is really obedient here you know the one that says i'm going to do it and doesn't do it or the one that um uh, says he'll he, he's not going to do it but does it anyway right actually as you're talking about saint joseph and i was struck by you sharing okay he we really don't have any recorded words of him in the bible right and yet we we see him as a very obedient figure and and i was struck by the idea of well in his silence and in his contemplation he must have really known the voice of god and that's probably what really rooted him in being able to live out obedience well is coming from this place of of just dwelling on the word of God and and being able to hear him whenever he spoke because he was already familiar with his voice. The catechism has a lot to say yeah. about obedience. <laughs> Shocking, huh? Mm. The Virgin Mary most perfectly embodies the obedience of faith, it says, Catechism 148. But also, Joseph is called most obedient. So there's a a sweet battle there for the most between if she's the most obedient and he's the most obedient. I think they are the most obedient together, which is awesome. Yeah, actually, Dan, that's a, that's a good point. I know that's one of his titles in the litany. Most obedient, most obedient, like no one's more obedient than him. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, it's great. It's a fun thing to argue about (laughs) debate about because Mary always comes up. Right. But there, there's a holy comp. There, it's not even a competition. It's like they just lift one another higher, and and then their perfect love, uh, their souls are so perfectly united that they both can embody the the most of these virtues. Mm-hmm. Well, and they always had things in the right order, right? right? I mean, their their primary obedience was to God, and because they knew His voice, because they did have that communication between the two of them that then things were always in in right order right well well now that we're talking about them as a couple my thoughts go to well what are your what's your understanding of obedience maybe to a spouse yeah um happy happy life or happy wife happy life (laughs) that has to come up in this discussion which is you know it's kind of true but um, but, so what does that mean? I yeah. mean, it, it, does it mean that you just give your wife everything and, it, and, and then that is the basis of her happiness? You know, if you just do exactly what you're told. Um, and I was, so yeah, I was thinking about that on the way up here and like, as a married man, like what do my, what, what does my vow of obedience look like? And yeah, to my wife, uh, for sure. I mean, in the vows that you know, when we got married till death do us part through thick and thin and the good times and the bad times. And, um, and I think that it would be cool if those vows were written a little differently. And, and we talked more about like what, what it looks like in Ephesians where the, the vow is to like, love your wife, like Christ loved the church. And then you have to look at the crucifix and it's like, Whoa, okay. I have to be, I have to die. Like, what does that mean? Well, practically it means all the little things uh, of dying to yourself, dying to defending yourself um, when when you feel like there's a, a great defense in order, but sometimes 
just offering that up, even if you're right, you know, sometimes not going into battle. I'm horrible at it. Um, but I think when you know that that's, that's part of the deal, then God willing, there's a, in the little moments of the back and forths, uh, the disagreements, you can say, okay, this is one of those moments. You can identify that like this and silently identify that this is one of those moments I'm edgy and I'm going to make a decision in this moment to like literally try to be silent without, you know, the silent treatment type thing. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, it's a difficult thing to do to hit that pause button and um, reflect and say, okay, I have, I have a response and I'm going to just, I'm going to bridle that. I'm going to, I'm going to sit with that and I'm not going to speak. Um, and she's not going to bear the burden of my, you know, displeasure in this moment or whatever. Hard, hard thing, hard thing to do, but tons of little moments to get, to get practice at. Mm-hmm. And there is a demeanor <clears throat> thing about it too. I think you'd agree, Dan, that like, um, sometimes the greater sacrifice I find for me isn't in that, uh, like I find because I love my wife, it's easy to, to, uh, submit myself to her in that way and, and to love her, to obey her, to sacrifice my desires and stuff like that. What's actually harder is then like when I, when I don't feel like it and Mm -hmm. when I'm feeling like, ah, man, I really wanted to just sit on the couch, but you asked me to do the dishes, right? Right. And or it's body language. It's all the stuff exactly. that you can say a thousand things and not say a thing. And you keep yourself in check that way. I, I also look to that passage in, in Ephesians where it says, you know, husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. And looking at what Christ's demeanor was for his bride wasn't this like, ah, man, I guess I got to carry this cross and die on it. <laughs> you know, this this rips or whatever. And but actually like he embraced it and said, okay, you know, you, my bride, my church, my beloved, you are worth this. Mm. Um, each and every one of you individually are worth this. And I would do it a thousand times over again if it were just for one of you. And I mean that what a like perfect obedience in that way, because perfect obedience comes out of that perfect love, right? That when we're called to love, we're called to obey and, and, and they go hand in hand in that way. We're called to sacrifice. We're called to love. Um, and it, and it doesn't stop at just like a, I do it because I took a vow some, you know, for me a year and a half ago, but actually because every day I wake up and I have that choice and I say, okay, do, am I going to live this today? Because I just said I would a couple of years ago or whatever, or am I going to live this today? Because this is actually like what I'm choosing to every moment. You got right to the point there of uh, it's done out of love. It's born out of, out of love mm-hmm. as Christ loved. So we're to love. And that's the difference between obedience out of respect or obedience to authority. I mean, that's like following the speed limit, right? Or, 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 or certain laws, all laws. Yeah, out of fear of punishment or, um, but here it's solely born out of love and, and that's, that's Christ's model in, in all of this. He's obedient to the father because of love mm-hmm. of, of who they are. We're obedient to our spouses 
out of love. And, um, I mean, that, that's much, much different. Yeah. There's respect there as well. There's humility. You can't have an obedience without having humility. We can talk about that as well. But if it's not out of love, then. (laughs) then, And, and authentic, authentic love, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe there are some days you wake up and you don't feel the feelings of great love, right? But but the idea of love as a choice, love as a sacrifice of laying down your life for the other. Dan Boyden Jr. here in the cafe. We're talking about obedience. Let's talk about the role of humility mm. in in that as well. Because, uh, Dan, you brought that out and when you re- were reflecting on, on uh, Saul. There was a lot of pride in him also, mm. uh, in, in his disobedience in, in saying, well, yeah, yeah, I did a lot of what you were asking me to do, but I also did what I knew, what I thought was right. And that's kind of beside the point there on whether or not he was right or wrong on it because he was disobedient. Right. And yeah, he, he did was horrible. And he didn't, <laughs> and, well, and he didn't have the humility to say, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if I there was up. like one thing that um, that you can, and, and here, here's where, I mean, if we were like, and we were just talking about that, uh, what's it look like, married life, the obedience to the vows, we make that vow to God, not just to our spouse on the altar, but that's why we do it uh, in the setting of a mass, and it is a holy thing, and it's different than, you know, the, the consecrated life, yes, but... I think in a way, and I've had this discussion with priests and, and when we're talking about the holy priesthood of God and, and some just how important is that compared, that, that type of fatherhood compared to biological fatherhood. And, you know, I, I vote that it's much more important. But at the same time, um, I mean, as a father, we, you know, in our, our first, our first call is that right to our spouse and then the fruit of that love, God willing, there's children involved. These are individual souls that have been entrusted to us that we have to. So, and, and the will of God is and and obedience to God is to get them to heaven. How do we do that? And, and the Lord gives us all the ways, uh, like the, the Bible, the scriptures are just filled with um, statutes and they're, they're it's maybe not the 600 plus laws of the Jewish people but it's um bury the dead you know mm-hmm. clothe the naked forgive your brother we we pray the our father forgive me lord as only i forgive and and i read something recently it's like that should make us of all the prayers that should make us tremble mm-hmm. so if we're raising up children if i can only teach them in humility to forgive one another um if that's the only thing I ever taught them, they're going to be, they're going to be saints someday. If they can be offended and forgive. And, and that, that's a, a hard thing when it's, you know, somebody took my favorite seat or ditched in line for getting food or these little menial things that they, they get a practice, but it's like, and that's where I say, you're sorry, make a good apology. We go through all these little things and that's what we're called to do. These are the, to raise these children up to know God is the greatest is the greatest uh, statute that He's given us, and and to 
literally bring them and present them. Um, and, and really, I was reading in here, too, the notes of, like, when, when the children are freed from the home, like, they don't have to necessarily obey us anymore. And it's interesting. We've had that discussion with the kids over the years, the, the four that are out of the house now. There is this time where I'm like, you no longer have, to, you know, you, you don't have responsibility here, really. You can stay here. For, and there'll be, there'll be things that you, you should do out of goodness um, if you're going to stay here while you're, you know, getting ready for this ne- next step in your life. But there's this time where you are free from our authority. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I saw something the, the other day, too. Uh, it was like the, the, the Christian, or, or and I don't know if it said the pagan, but it said the pagan outlook is like, and there was this picture of this girl that was had this look of shame, and it was like, I've done something wrong. My dad's going to kill me. And then there's this, the Christian outlook. I've done something wrong. I've got to tell my dad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so beautiful. And that, that's, that's like, that's the harmony of, of God and what he wants for, for us, uh, to be able to come to the confessional desire that not out of fear, but making that act of contrition. And, and I, I pray that prayer a lot, like, Lord, help me to weep over my sins. Help me to, to really be sorry. Cause it's hard to really be sorry. Uh, but when, when that can come true sometimes and you're like, because I have offended you, my Lord, who is the most deserving of all my love and you're invisible and I can't see you. But when that happens every once in a blue moon and it brings you to your knees, there is just incredible mm-hmm. gratitude uh, when you can actually be sorry because you, you've experienced the love of God and you, you know that he is deserving of all your love. It, it's so good. That was all. That was all. I don't, were we talking about that or not? <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I I appreciate that you brought up this idea yeah. of of uh, your children and obedience as well, because uh, I can't imagine it's easy for most parents to to see when that time is right and to take that step and say, oh, like you're actually not bound to obedience. Of course, always bound to respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but so you actually had that conversation with your children. Yeah. I mean, Bella, when, when she was with Michael and they were engaged, um, there was a time where, and, and she was 18 and, and I was like, and she was still, you know, staying at our house until they got married. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're free. Like, you know, you don't have a curfew. Um, and you, you come and go as you please, and you don't have you don't have responsibility around here, because her and I that was a preparation time for her, um, preparing for the wedding and 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 spending as much time. She, there was questions with her, and it's going to be different with every kid, um, but there was questions like, are we spending too much time together? I'm like, no. I mean, you're going to be spending every, at least when you're not working or he's not working, you're going to be spending the rest of your life together. You need to like start doing that now. Mm. So spend as much time as possible um, without, you know, neglecting your your duties, your state in life right now with school and whatnot. So yeah, she was, and then Ava and, and, and and Brant, you know, he went off to seminary and, and he's learning that obedience really well now. He's that's, that's what it's all about there. Um, and it, and it's like, hey, no, I can't come home or I can't do this uh, because he has he has to be obedient. He has superiors. Um, 
Ava's at Damascus doing two years of mission work, and she has to be obedient. And it's beautiful. And it's been, we went to a wedding one time and I walked her out and she had to leave and she wanted to stay for the party. And there, and there were some other Damascus people there, some uh, high level Damascus people there. And, and, but she had to go, she had a, a curfew and, and it was really hard for her to leave the party. And she sat there in the parking lot and I hugged her and she cried and she's like, dad, I want to stay, but I, I know I have to be obedient and I know it's good for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Wow. And then it was hard, but it was like, oh, uh, and I want, I wanted to say, you don't have to go. This is way more important than you going to bed tonight at Damascus. Just what are you going to be doing at 10 o'clock at night? Just stay mm-hmm. with us and go back in the morning early. You know, I wanted to say that, but it, it was, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to look different for every kid. And mm. I actually really appreciate that you saw in that moment, instead of comforting her in the way of yeah just go have fun whatever it is you took it as an opportunity of oh wow she's really growing here and i want to foster that that was hard because i wanted to just defend her and say no you don't need to go back there i know people i can call people up there (laughs) stay with stay with us stay with us you know and it was it was a pretty it was a really great moment for me i know it was good for her and she she made a great decision but it was good for me to not you know, my desire was to have her stay mm-hmm. and and so that she could have fun and, and, and all that stuff. And, and they have so much fun. And, and so that was, I had to, I had to let her, I had to let her suffer some. Right. And that was, that was something. And I went in and I talked to Jody about it. I was like, oh my gosh, if you could have seen what just happened, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Dan Boyden Jr. here in the St. Gabriel Cafe with us this morning. We're talking about obedience what what are the fruits of obedience? Wow, you nailed us there real quick. Did we read about this? <laughs> mm, that's freedom. a good question. Freedom, yeah. right? That's like the major fruit. I think it's freedom. It's like if you're if you're obedient, you you will be free from all the things that that the that the temporal heart you know desires Mm -hmm. um if we're obedient to the will of god and then of course well what's the will of god that's something that we're continually discerning um what what's god you know have you prayed about that yeah but he hasn't like given me a clear sign or hasn't spoken to me and i'm like well he's probably not going to this is where our cooperation comes in um but yeah obedience just bores freedom that's what I would say also. I, I, I've learned to look for the paradox. So the world will tell you that obedience is a loss of freedom. But, but the contrary is true. Yeah, but the paradox there is, I, I agree with you, Dan. I, I think in obedience is where you really find your freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, it, sometimes we equate free will as being... Um, do whatever you want. Well, and, and as as um, equal to freedom. Mm. What we ha- when you're submitting to authority in any sort of obedience, but especially submitting to the Lord, you're exercising your free will in order to do that, mm-hmm. and, and by doing that, you discover what what freedom 
what God really intends freedom to be. Make sense? Mm-hmm. I've always um, heard the analogy that that obedience to the church, because the, the secular world looks especially at the Catholic church and say, okay, you guys are just a religion. That's a list of rules to follow in a, in a, you know, big thick book besides the Bible, the catechism that like, this is, you slam it on the desk and this is what we do. I've always heard that that like obedience leads to freedom is kind of like, um, a playground on the edge of a cliff. Like it's, it's right up on the edge of the cliff and the obedience is the fence that keeps you from falling off the cliff when you slide down the slide, right? Hmm. So now you're more free to actually play on the playground and to actually like do the thing that you want to do because there's no fear of like tumbling down to your death. Whereas the secular world says, just get rid of the fence. Don't you want to be like free to do what you want to do? Well, well, well what I don't want to do is I don't want to tumble down the cliff to my death, right? Um, and so you have to have those kind of like guardrails up in order to be able to do that. I always really loved that analogy because it really put it in perspective for me of like, there's a bit, God didn't say, like Jesus didn't come and say, um, obey your father in heaven because he told you so. Right. Right. Um, well, that's good. But, yeah. but actually he came and said, you know, love your God with all your heart, with all your mind and with all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. And, and it's not, like the caveat isn't because he told you so, but the caveat is is shown by Christ's deeds when he dies on the cross. That he says, love your father in heaven. Well, why? Because I love you this much, right? And he extends his hands out on the cross. And, and there's still, action is, is, is key in that. It, it's just not a passive obedience to to be led, to be directed, Um but every act of obedience, right? It, it, that that's that's an exercise of free will. That's finding, you know, the fruit of it is, is the freedom. But it you have to have action. There has to be an act involved. You hear God's voice, and then you respond, and you act according to your free will, obediently. Mm-hmm. Is that a good way to say it? Yeah, I also think that mercy and forgiveness just keeps coming to my head here. And you're like, well, how's that work with obedience? The, one of the greatest, uh, I think, jail cells that the world lives in is the inability to forgive the the smallest things. I mean, and, and again, all day, a thousand times a day, we, we have these opportunities, whether it's a guy cutting us off and, and people, you know, the, the, the road rage and even if it's not road rage it's just the think what you think when something like this happens and it's horrible that you get cut off but that that's small small stuff compared to all the what somebody might have said about me and it's like how does that work with obedience and freedom and i mean that is the command like forgive your brother like so many people harbor anger and resentment toward other people and, and and never rightly so. I mean, understandably, if there's a great offense, but um, freedom comes when you can, when you can forgive the person, whether they've said they're sorry or not. If you can forgive them and love them, which is a difficult thing to do, you're not going to be able to forget the offense, maybe. But that's the that's like the answer to everything, uh, and it should and it should be. I mean, that's what the Lord has done for us. And we, we get a really tangibly experience that in the, 
in the confessional. And out of gratitude, we, if we could just somehow forgive, and that's what, that's all we're doing at the house is like trying to teach our children forgiveness and mm-hmm. mercy. And that is an act of obedience because that's what the Lord tells us to do. Uh, all, all of these things are literally the statutes that are, are Jesus Christ gave us in the gospels one command after another, and they all bore freedom. They all, and, and eventually the great freedom of, you know, heaven. It's, it's pretty great. Dan, any, any practicals in which you help to instill that into your household? Yeah, you know, it's funny. We, I make them hug and kiss, and they hate it, especially <laughs> the boys. I'm like, give them, a, you know, and I teach them how to hug. I've taught, and we're big huggers, and, but, I'm like, no, two hands. Don't be doing this half hug, you know, and, and Sebastian, it's hilarious watching them and Leo and they're learning how to, you know, you're teaching them affection and you're teaching them to, and, and not just say you're sorry, but say, Hey, I'm sorry. Cause I ask them all the time. Why'd you do that? Well, I did that because they did this. I'm like, no. And, and I, and I say, that's not why mom, because I lost self-control. I'm like, exactly. Mm. You lost self-control. They might've hit you when you hit them back. It's because you lost self-control. You have this, and then when they get older, you know, you, you drill this in. Then when you, you get older and you can have these moments when they're in their teens, I remember one moment with Brant. Um, this is for another day if, if I ever sh- shared a, a story, and it would take great humility uh, to share it. But he pulled me out in the garage one day and he said, Dad, how did you do that? He witnessed me have a real failure as a father uh, one day, and then just a couple of days later have an incredible victory. Wow. And he was, he said, Dad, I struggle with patience. I, I'm struggling with patience with the little ones. How did you do that? And it was so awesome. Story for another day, but it was like, wow, okay, he got he got something. And that mm-hmm. was a great gift. So, you know, saying you're sorry, that's how you that's how you really instill it. Me saying I'm sorry for my my transgressions against the children and my wife is probably the most effective way. Yeah. Dan Boyden Jr., thanks for being with us here in the cafe today. It's an honor. I love you guys. Yeah, love you. This is one of those shows, friends, where I hope you've enjoyed uh, the way the conversation went. It's not so much about teaching you definitions and um, just what words mean, but take some of the topics that we discussed today and bring it to the Lord and find out what the Lord wants Uh, you to know about obedience and freedom and trust mercy and forgiveness so bring bring this to the lord and look to him for the answers glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be a world without end amen amen we'll see you tomorrow morning at eight god bless you all